Hello, and thank you for listening to the Redeemer Church podcast, now available on almost any platform where podcasts can be found. What you'll most often find here is our Sunday service sermon audio, but we'll also post bits and pieces of special services, events, and other things as they pertain to the life of the church. If you'd like to know more about what's happening here at Redeemer, you can visit us online at www.redeemermn.org or join us live Sunday at 10.30 a.m. on YouTube or Facebook. Just search for Redeemer MN or Redeemer Lutheran Church and locate the blue droplet icon. We're overjoyed at this opportunity to minister to you and to walk beside you as you begin to experience what it means to be the church. Let's dive in. Well, good morning, church, here in the building and online. It's always good for me to be in your presence. I really do feel that. And since we met together last week, I know that um, many of you have experienced changes. It may have just been those incredible changes in the temperature of the weather. I don't know about you, but that is not one of my faves at all. Uh, For others of you, maybe you've had some life. Uh, changes that have taken through you through this week. Uh, one thing that is a stronghold for each of us, though, in the midst of that change that we experience is God's Word. That stays the same. In fact, from Isaiah, the prophet, we hear, the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the Word of God endures forever. And then from the psalmist in Psalm 119, your word, O Lord, is everlasting. It's fixed in the heavens. And that is a very firm truth that we can rest in as we come into the message today, that God's word is everlasting. Last week, if you were here with us, you heard Pastor Jason share the purpose of the Bible is so that we can know Jesus. And as we read the Bible, we see that those characters that are in the Bible tell the story of Jesus. And each one of those individuals in the Bible can help us find our story in Jesus, our faith, our Savior, and our life. And if you are participating in the reading plan this week, we started off with hearing about that Jesus is the Good Shepherd. We saw Lazarus raised from the dead, and we ended the week with Jesus washing the disciples' feet, predicting his betrayal and Peter's denial. What a week in the life of Jesus. I want to remind you, it is not too late to participate in that reading plan. You can find the plan online, or you can uh, get a hard copy if you're here in the building. Uh, You can get one of those at the Welcome Center desk. It is never, it is never too late to get into the Word of God. So today, what we're going to look at is what happens. What happens when you read your Bible? Before we get into specifics, I just want to say that when we read our Bibles, we are participating in a spiritual discipline. Now, don't fall on the floor when you hear that word discipline. I know that carries baggage for people, that word discipline. But think of it as a practice or training that you're going through. You know, Zondervan defines spiritual practices as the product of a synergy between divine and human initiative, and they serve as a means of grace. And author and evangelical speaker Kenneth Boa shares that grace is not opposed to effort. Grace is opposed to earning. In other words, as we engage in a spiritual practice, a Bible reading, we are not earning. We are engaging. 
in the outworking of his working in us through the power of the Holy Spirit. So when you read your Bible, you come to know the character of God. You know, I feel that we could spend a lifetime in the Bible and only scratch the surface of getting to know the character and comprehending the depth of our God. And one of the amazing things about our God is that he's love. The Apostle John in 1 John says, and so we know and rely on the love that God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. God is love. And this love that he has for you and that he has for me is an unconditional love. So often I think it's hard for us to understand unconditional love because we live and operate often in conditional love. We're much more familiar with that. But this God who loves you and loves me is the one who shows that unconditional love of his nature in the gospel. Paul, in his letter to the church in Rome, shared, but God showed his love, his great love for us, by sending Christ to die for us while, look at that word, while we were yet sinners. Nothing to earn, nothing to do to measure up. God's love is a love that initiates. It's never a response. His love is completely, completely unconditional. If it were conditional, you and I would have to do something to earn it. We'd have to get ourselves all cleaned up from our sin before we'd ever come into his presence. But as we read the Bible and look at the message that's there, God, motivated by love, unconditionally sent a Savior to the world to save us from our sin. You know, a few weeks ago, I had uh, something happen to me that I think illustrates a greater depth of understanding of this amazing love that God has for us. One day, I received a note and a gift unexpectedly from a beloved friend. <laughs> I didn't think this was going to be emotional. <laughs> it was at the time. <laughs> uh, my initial response was that I had to return this gift. I wasn't worthy of this gift, and I had absolutely no idea how I was going to express to my friend regarding this gift. And so as I sat at my kitchen table with this note in my hand, I just heard these words in my head, another demonstration of the amazing love that I have for you. What kind of a God operates that way? The God that we have operates that way. Just another facet of his love. And not only does God love us, nothing, nothing in all creation is ever able to separate us from that love of God. You know, Paul shares in the first part of this verse that neither life nor death nor things present nor things to come nor powers, anything else in all creation has the power to be a barrier for us from God's love. In Christ Jesus. You know, I think sometimes we feel like our pain, our sorrow, and our sense of distance of God separates us from him. But I'm here to tell you today that that is a lie 
from the pit of hell. Our doubt, our circumstances, and our fear, yes, they can cloud our awareness of the Lord's presence, but they never take it away. So where are you today? Where are you questioning God's love for you? You know, the Bible tells us these words, and I'm going to ask you to read with me those words. Yep, they're there <laughs> on the screen. Nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Jesus, our Lord. One more time, I know you can say that louder. Nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Not only do we come to a deeper understanding of the love that God has for us by being in the Bible, but we also come to know his character better. I encourage you this week to take time in Psalm 119 and see what parts of his character you see there. You're going to find his righteousness, his trustworthiness, his truthfulness, his faithfulness, his unchangeableness, that he's eternal, that he's light, and that he's pure. Those are just a few of those things. And not only do we come to a deeper understanding of his character when we read the Bible, we are equipped. We are equipped for everyday life. I'm a firm believer that every single day is a gift from the hand of the Lord. And it's something that we need to be equipped for so that we live it to the fullest, that we live that abundant life. Our second week, when Nathan shared, he shared 2 Timothy 3. All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly, what? Thoroughly equipped for every good work. God has breathed life into these words that we read, and as the verse tells us, those words are useful in rebuking, in correcting, and training us for righteousness. You know, in the book of Deuteronomy, um, we find in chapter 6, it talks about that the commandments that were given were to be impressed on their hearts, and they were to tell those things to their children, to talk about them when they sit down, to talk about them when they walk along the road, to talk about them when they're doing everyday life. And it also gave reference to tie them on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Well, we take these words figuratively, that whatever we think or do is to be guided by the Word of God. But at some point, probably around the fourth century, Jewish rabbis took this literally, and they put upon themselves, they were little leather boxes that contained uh, parchment of the Torah, and they would stick it in that, and they would put one on their forehead and then one on the wrist, that they, depending on if they were right or left-handed, to remind them their obligation to daily life with the law. It's interesting, isn't it, that they did that literally. You know, even Moses, toward the end of Deuteronomy, says, Take heart all the words by which I am warning you today, that you may command them to your children, that they may be careful to do all the words of this law. For it is no empty word for you, but your very life. Your very life. And Jesus himself in Matthew 4, when we read about him being in the wilderness, he even himself responds to Satan and says, Man shall not live by bread alone, 
but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. You know, the word of God was life to Moses, and Jesus said it was food. So I think we can be pretty sure that there are some things in this amazing God-breathed book which will help us discern everyday life. Can I hear an amen out there? You know, I had to laugh a few weeks ago. Um, our three Minnesota grandsons were over to play Xbox at our house, so they were downstairs, and you know all the chatter that goes on, you know, when they're playing games, and then all of a sudden there's this big crash, and then there's dead silence. So I thought, okay, I'm going to wait it out. I, I can wait this out. Nana's know what to do. So what had happened was that one of the boys dropped one of the controllers uh, in the fireplace pits, and one of the sticks um, of the controllers was broken. I think that's the right term. You younger people in the front row would be able to tell me for sure. But anyway, the oldest one that was there, Wesley, he comes upstairs and he goes, hey, Nana, have you got a screwdriver? And I said, what, I don't know why I said this, but I said, what kind of screwdriver? Like, that matters. He said he was ready to take this controller all apart. He said, I've been on Google. I know how to take it apart. I know how to fix it. All I need is a screwdriver. I'm here to tell you today, this is your Google right here. The Word of God is your Google for everyday life. There's so much guidance that's there for each and every one of us. And I love, absolutely love, how when we are in the Word of God, in conjunction with the power of the Holy Spirit, the words that are in here can come into our mind. When we're praying for someone, when we're struggling with something, when we need reassurance, when we need hope, you go ahead and fill what is in the blank for you today. God is faithful to bring what has been taken from the Bible to our minds when we need it. So if you have an area where you need that encouragement, that reassurance, or hope, or maybe you just want to praise the Lord, because this is the very first time since we started this Bible reading plan that you have actually engaged with Scripture, I encourage you, after the service, to stop over here where some prayer ministers will be and take the time to have them pray over you. We need to be encouragers to one another. And for those of you that are online, you can go to RedeemerMN.org forward slash prayer and put your request there, and there will be individuals that will be praying for you. So we can engage with the Bible. We can memorize it. We can meditate on it, and we can read it so that we are not only equipped for daily life, but we grow in Christ's likeness. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at their face in a mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. When you got up this morning and you looked in the mirror, did you question what you saw? I, I don't think you did. Either you really liked what you saw and you went on your way, or you said to yourself, uh, I've got some work to do before I go out the door this morning. <laughs> Your Bible is a mirror that you can trust also, since it can expose your spiritual self. Sometimes that's hard to really see what's exactly in your heart. Paul, in his letter to the Hebrews, shares, For the word of God 
is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between the soul and the spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Sometimes it can be difficult, can it, to actually really look at that? In a study that I'm in this past week, we looked at Matthew 15, and now that chapter, Jesus is sharing with his disciples that it's from the heart that come evil thoughts and desires and deeds, not the externals that we do. It all starts there. You and I both know that we have a sin problem that Jesus came for. And once he's in our life, he's the only one that can really help us with our spiritual blindness. And we all are spiritually blind. But he's in the business of transformation. And he says, <clears throat> we see in 2 Corinthians, and we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being, it's a process, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Author Dr. David Paul Tripp shares, We all need to do with the Bible what we do with the mirrors in our homes every day. We know that we don't see our physical selves accurately, so a day doesn't go by without us standing before a mirror, receiving its confrontation and then making physical adjustments to our appearance. We need to place ourselves before the mirror of God's Word every day, Humbly submit to its heart-revealing confrontation, and then run. Run to God for his rescuing, forgiving, empowering, and transforming grace. No matter where you are, what place you are in life, no matter what opportunities or responsibilities are yours every single day, no matter what temptations are constantly plaguing you, no matter how long, I'm going to say this again, no matter how long you have walked with the Lord, be thankful. Be thankful that the Bible is the world's most powerful, penetrating, and accurate mirror that you can have in your life. The constant confrontation of that mirror is one of God's most loving and gracious gifts to you and to me. And as we continue in that process of transformation, we are hope-filled. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you for the reason of your hope that you have, but do it with gentleness and respect. You know, in that verse, Peter was writing to persecuted Christians in Asia Minor, and even in the midst of the persecution that they were undergoing, they demonstrated hope in Jesus. It wasn't wishful thinking. It was an assurance of their faith. Their lack of fear in the midst of their persecution was the reason for their hope and the reason people asked them, why were they different? And the same is true for us today. When we are going through specific circumstances and we have hope, people notice. People notice. And that hope is a kind of hope that doesn't disappoint. For we know how dearly God loves us because he's given the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. And because of that great love, we know that no matter what circumstances, we are not disappointed 
since our hope truly relies on his power, not on our circumstances. We have no part, no part in the work. It's all based on and secure in what Christ has done for us. For everything that was written, everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught, through the scriptures and the encouragement, they might provide us hope. You know, we see more clearly that this life is not about us, but it really is about the advancement of his kingdom. And in short, encouragement makes it easier to live the Christian life. And encouragement helps those that are around us. So who is it today in your sphere of influence that needs encouragement? Is it you? Is it someone that you live with? Is it one of your friends, one of your co-workers? Are you willing to take the time to make the call or send the note or call them up and say, hey, can you meet me for coffee? Will you take the time? Remember, he not only works in you, he works through you. So when you read your Bible, you come to know his character, especially the amazing love that he has for you. You're equipped for everyday life. You grow in Christ-likeness, and you're filled with hope, a confident, expectant, joyful knowledge that you are being changed by God, and that one day you will get to see him face to face. Imagine what that day is going to be like. Please join me in prayer. Father God, <laughs> I just want to thank you for who you are, that um, through the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, you guide and Direct us as we read your word. You're a God of love that loves us immensely. And you so desire for us to know you more intimately. Please equip each and every one of us for everyday life. Help us to grow in Christ-likeness and fill us with your hope that doesn't disappoint. Lord, we absolutely adore you. And I pray that each and every life would be a demonstration of you to each and every person that you bring across our path. In the powerful and the very precious name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's saints together said, Amen. Thank you so much once again for listening to our podcast. If you experienced something special today or connected in a special way with something that you heard, don't keep it a secret. You can reach out and share directly with one of our staff at RedeemerMN.org leadership, or you can share this episode of the podcast across your own social media. We look forward to the opportunity to connect with you. Until next time, God bless you and have a wonderful day.